0: Welcome to Real Talk JavaScript, the weekly talk show with advice and insight into the technologies and practices currently being used to build web applications in the real world. Each week, Ward Bell, Dan Wallen, and John Papa talk to industry experts about their experiences writing, deploying, and maintaining web applications in HTML, CSS, and JavaScript. And now, here are your hosts... Welcome back to Real Talk JavaScript. This week, we have a special episode. Very special. How special is it, Dan? It's like, well, Ward's on first off, and that makes it special. But this is
1: extra, extra special. (laughs) Out of this world (laughs) is what
2: it is.
0: So it's just the three of us, the three hosts this week, and we want to really dive into kind of the, the state of Angular from NGConf. We just came back from NGConf, which is the largest Angular conference in the world. Uh, it's over in Salt Lake City. So what we'd like to do is kind of bring to you all the hallway track from NGConf by discussing what we learned both in the sessions and then just talking with a bunch of great people in the hallways at the conference. So Ward, why don't we start with the th- your just overall thoughts on the uh, the keynote?
2: I, I think if you squint at it, what you realize is that uh, normally it, so one of the things people should know is that ngconf is where at least half the team uh, Angular team shows up probably more. and um, so you're, it, it's really uh, usually an opportunity for uh, the angular team to unveil. Where you know a new version and where it's going, and they unveiled version eight the RC, and they uh, with the real version eight showing up later in May, um, by the end of May. So uh, when you take take a look at that, you you know the thing that leapt out at me is okay. This is this is an intermediate release. There's nothing dramatic in this one all of the energy continues to go into either Ivy, which is the new renderer that's coming out. You can sort of experience it soon, um, optionally in V8, uh, but will really be in polished form in version nine, which will arrive later in the fall. So, so there wasn't like there were huge announcements or anything. And you can look at that as either a good thing or a bad thing, but it certainly was the thing, um, from my perspective, you guys agree?
1: Yeah, I, uh, I'm actually pretty excited about it. You know why I'm excited, Ward? Do you want to know why? Why are you excited, John? I'm excited. That's Dan, by the way.
2: I said Dan afterwards, (laughs) damn it.
0: You can't even figure out who we are anymore. I don't know.
1: (laughs) I have no clues. Wait, what are we on right now? I thought it was on the phone. (laughs) Uh, I'm actually excited because in looking through those, it seems to me like it's we're kind of at that point where you know they're working on the smaller faster and all that with Ivy which we can get to later but it uh, it's kind of a to me a st- almost a stability release not that it's not stable now, but it's like one of those releases where you don't have to worry about a gazillion new features you just upgrade to it you're going to get all those benefits of the stuff that they did announce you know on it and uh, I think from especially where I'm thinking is the enterprise standpoint, I think it'll be a good jumping point. Because there's so many companies I meet with that are still on four, five, some six, a few seven, so I think this will be a really good jumping point for them, you know, because they're not going to have to redo a gazillion things. Whereas, you know, a major major release that has all these other features, you're like, oh my gosh, we got to upgrade all of this.
0: Well, so, they even mentioned that like KLM and was it Air France? Yes, yeah, they uh, did their upgrade. Like that, yeah, one of those airlines they did an upgrade of Angular from one version to the other, and it took them, you know, it was less than a day. And they yep. said they have half a billion users that hit their site over the year. Um, they've gotten to that point now where the NG update feature, which you can run through their CLI, will just, if there's any breaking changes, it'll fix them for you, which is great. But to me, the big thing that stood out, again, I I kind of, I like both of your, your points on this. Looking at Dan's perspective, on um, not much has changed because, you know, it's been baked and it's been around for seven, eight years now, is that. I think a lot of people get hung up on the fact that Angular has a new major version every six months. Cause it sounds like, oh my gosh, you know, a new major version. That means we could have breaking changes and things could, you know, your hair could be on fire. But as we've seen the last couple of major versions, there's very little change that really affects you from major version to major version. And the team, in my opinion, has done a great job at making sure that's a smooth transition. The yeah. other side of me, though, I can see what you're saying, Ward. It's like we're in the world of JavaScript. <laughs> give me my new features you know <laughs> yeah really I'm yeah new stuff
2: yeah and and so that could be and i did hear in the hall some people say that they, some people were kind of disappointed because they're expecting these big things well uh so i think if you're expecting these big things there's actually something for you um which uh, well, is tell them what they got tell them <laughs> what they got so you know the two things there are uh basil and and ivy paprika paprika Basil, a little bit of that, a little crush of that, and put it in your julep. It's good.
0: God, I love the JavaScript world. We have basil, not spelled like basil. By the
2: no, way, no, 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 no. Uh, it uh, Bazel. Uh. <laughs> b- Is it b a z e l? Is that what it, it is? is?
0: It is. It is. And that's a build system.
2: It, it is a build tool. And uh, the th- the thing that I want to point out here is that these uh, things are things you can try in version eight with a switch you can try both basil and ivy which we're, go- we're going to talk about both of them um so uh who needs a new build system uh not you john because you just write hello world right
0: yeah right <laughs> <laughs>
2: it's easy to play strings. work. uh but if um the interesting thing uh, you know i don't, have any of you tried it no i have not no because you've been terrified of it and rightly so um, I have actually, uh, only because, um, uh, NGRX data, which we will also talk about, uh, has been folded into NGRX now. And in order to make that leap from a private repository into the real deal, uh, it has to be built with Bazel.
0: Wait and, a minute. Wait, wait Wait a minute. NGRX data is now merged in with NGRX? <laughs> oh, John, boy, you're killing me. No, I think Tell we, them you know, why I, that's I, funny, I, John. I think we need to cover this story. This was, <laughs> All right, this quick, quick aside. I, I'm on stage doing my talk, and I did three tips. And one of my tips is that NGRX data is awesome. It's something that Ward and I worked on creating a year and a half ago. And it has had yet to be merged into the, the full-blown NGRX library. Well, unknown to Ward somehow, <laughs> NGRX data got merged in. And I announced it on stage, and Ward was like, What? (laughs) Yeah, what?
2: Because it had been my job. This is a great uh, open source story, though. It had been my job to um, merge it in there for the last year. And I could just never find that weekend to do it. I mean, I played with it a little bit about six months ago. And that was where I first sat down with Alex Eagle and Basil. And it was almost there. And then, ah, there were these other little things like strict null checking that I wasn't ready for. And so I put it back on the shelf and did nothing. And I knew it had to be there by NGConf, and I was just so stressed. And it turns out somebody from the community, uh, the NGRX, uh, NGRX community, did it for me, and I didn't even know. And, and so the I'm funny sitting,
1: thing is, I did, and I have you guys and both I knew. have nothing to do with it. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I'm, I'm getting there, ready to
2: take a licking from Mike Ryan. I expected to just get whipped like a, the dog I am for failing to deliver. And he says, "Hey, you know what?" And Brandon, too, you know, like Brandon has been sitting there saying, I'll help you, I'll help you, I'll help you. And uh, and, and suddenly there it is, already done.
0: <laughs> it, it was funny, folks. It was just funny because, yeah, you'd think the guy who wrote 90% of the library would know that it was merged.
2: <laughs> but that's the long way around from the fact that it is actually built with Bazel. And so this means I've actually run it. And I'll be darned if it isn't fast. Um, It's darn fast. It's
0: showing really, really fast speeds from the, from the keynote. Uh,
2: Yeah. And that's running locally on my machine. So it's only using four cores. Um, uh, That's C O R E S. Um, uh, What? uh,
0: Thank you for spelling that. Well, because (laughs) I was really unsure. (laughs) I'm glad you clarified
1: that.
2: (laughs) It could be cores C O R S, you know, like the, the,
1: (laughs) because it runs on that (laughs) C O R S's. (laughs) Uh, what happens well, if Basil doesn't send the correct headers? Does it not build?
2: I, I, now you're killing me. You know what? This
0: is like bad dad jokes for techies. I know. <laughs>
2: um, so Basil's fast.
0: Okay. Yeah, keep going. But, <laughs>
2: but why does that matter? Um, because uh, as, as as my applications are getting longer, the the build, the incremental build time, and the test and the time to testing is getting yeah. uh, longer and longer and longer. And there are a number of forces that are going to counteract that, but it's there's no getting around that it's longer, and especially if you're on a Windows machine, which thank goodness I'm not. Um uh, but it just seems like all, all that tooling is the node tooling is slower. And
0: some teams build slower. not only on every on just on master on every pull request, they build on every branch yep, as well. So exactly. there's a lot of builds going on at the same time for That's more than one, one project. Require. Yeah. So this thing
2: builds, A, it caches all this other stuff so it doesn't have to rebuild things, and B Uh, All the time, you have you pay the first time, but B, it can do it in 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 parallel, multiple parts of it in the cloud, and uh, in Google's cloud anyway. Uh, uh, And um, and it's it's, an opt in thing that you. It's an opt in thing. So I think for you know I used to think this thing's only for if you're Google size and you need to, you know, boil the ocean. But I think this. uh, My my impression from just a little bit of experience is that this will benefit normal human beings like us who have you know an app that might have 30 or 40 or 100 components not thousands but 100 components
0: and And friends as we go through this uh, for all you listeners we're putting in notes i'm putting in notes with links to the talks that these things are related to so you can go watch these there's a great talk by alex eagle on basil yeah yeah it really is and uh, there's actually a doc for how to build with basil which i link to as well
2: So, so anyway, I can speak from personal experience that, uh, you know, it's, it was hard to configure, but I think it's getting there and it's, it's, it may be worth a try. And the goal is to make it, uh, right now it's an opt-in and it'll be the default, uh, come version nine. At least that's the plan.
0: There's more on that from the keynote, which I just put a link in for, there was something else in the keynote, which was kind of glossed over, which I really liked. And I think my favorite new feature in those dropped out in Angular eight is, uh, and it's not dependent upon Ivy. The new render, which we will get to, uh, is the uh, differential loading. Yeah, I think that's going mm-hmm. to be helpful. So explain what that is, John. Yeah, so I, I first when I first heard it, I'm like, what does that even mean? Because other things have this already. Like uh, there's basically this flag that you can put in your links. So imagine in your HTML page you have a link to some JavaScript. Uh, that's what we do normally, and that's what these build systems create for us. Well, if you're supporting modern JavaScript with modern modules, you can actually drop a lot of the polyfills and effectively make your JavaScript be smaller and faster because it's more tuned to the modern browsers. So now with this differential loading stuff, you can effectively have two script tags inside your HTML page, which Angular just does for you. It's an opt-in thing. And then if your browser is detected as being modern, it'll use the modern modules. If not, it will back, um, it'll go to the secondary, which is going to be the, the good old old JavaScript with all the polyfills in it. So it should make things much, much faster for modern browsers.
2: Which basically means everything except IE and maybe Safari, right?
0: Pretty much. now. Yeah. Speaking of new browsers, by the way, I I wanted to ask if any of you have tried uh, Edge on uh, Windows or Mac, the new versions. uh, Is the Mac one out? I wanted to try it. I didn't think it was out yet for Mac. Is it out? Uh, Some of us have seen it. (laughs) uh <laughs> <laughs> well, it's you like work for watching. a certain company, Mike. Uh, Mike, John,
1: <laughs>
2: well, you out in the
1: swamp with your your glasses
2: on, looking out there for the yes. It's yes. the rare triple-breasted
0: roller thruster edge bird. What is it? Yes, in my duck blind, I, I've I've seen one of these in the wild, and uh, let me just say, I've been impressed. I I've heard been really good things from the Windows folks on it on Windows. So yeah. I'm yeah, because another conference it. came right after ng-conf, it was uh, Microsoft Build, and they announced a bunch of great things like, uh, you know, there's a new terminal, uh, wicked cool terminal. That looks awesome. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and Edge, of course, which is now built with, um, was it Chromium? And uh, you will help be able to use this on multiple different operating systems, which to me is a long time coming. You know, the other thing that, uh, not to totally switch gears, the other thing that was really cool from that conference
1: was uh, that affects us as developers. Was they're going to have a Linux kernel actually in Windows, which yeah. is just crazy? That's awesome though. For oh, those, really, of us maybe that that'll like help Linux.
2: everybody who's running Node tooling.
0: Exactly. There's a lot of effort going in that direction. Um, but switching back to Ngconf, Conf, yes. Uh, you sorry, you got me off in the browser because I was just excited about that, and you know I'm a big Chrome guy myself. So. Yep. Um, it was differential loading, which I thought was pretty cool to see. I'll put links into that. We talked about uh, Bazel <laughs> or Bazel. Oh, one more thing on
2: that differential loading. The key, the cool thing about that is that it's, you have one build step. You don't have to do build one for one direction and build one for another. You build with a CLI and out it comes. Both of them are yes. ready to go.
1: Yeah. Yep. That's where I, uh, I had. Do you guys ever use that? I think it's called no module or something like that attribute. Yeah. That's, that's where I first saw it. I'd never used it, though.
0: Yeah, and I, I, was, I mentioned that there's a, I'm looking up the docs where I've used this before. I'll put that in a link in there as well, uh, just so viewers can kind of get an idea of what this is. All the frameworks are, are leaning on each other. There was another feature talked about in there, and I don't remember which box it was in, because Ward just showed us a screenshot of these, but it's the one where they talked about the, uh, the lazy loading. Either one of you catch that, how that's changing?
2: Yeah, I couldn't get super excited to buy it. Maybe I missed why that's important. But you want to tell them what it is and then... The whole import thing, you mean? Using import
1: instead of load. Setup. Yeah, instead of the
0: string. Yeah. yeah, so you still have a string, right? You're you're importing from a string, which is going to be whatever module it came from. And then after that, uh, so you do like import from slash my module, and then you'll close your friends and do dot then, and then you'll... Uh, you'll load whatever the name of the module is using an actual symbol as opposed to a string. Yeah. So there's some string in it for the path to the module, but you don't have to put the name of the module in that weird hash thing that we used to do.
2: Right. And I, I guess, uh, you know, under the hood, the big thing is that <clears throat> it no, it were, when you switch to the syntax, um, it no longer requires the special ability to statically analyze that configuration file and break that all out. They can use, they can use more standard tools to um, yeah. do the code splitting and jazz like that. So I think it has ramifications that are important. Um, mm-hmm. it, it's starting to get it. The big mistake, one of the big mistakes in, in mm-hmm. Angular was uh, uh, f- making lazy loading of something only possible through routing.
1: And uh, Well, I was I, just going to say, that's what I'm most excited about, is what MISCO talked about
0: yeah and the,
1: uh lazy yeah. load without the routes because you yep. guys ever tried to hack together that system js loader thing it's with horrible. your factories and it's like then ah.
0: okay, why don't you tell people what you want to lazy load besides routes
1: yeah so uh a big thing and this comes up a lot especially in larger enterprise apps is uh you just want to load like a component you know um i just need when you click on this button i want to magically go get a component but i don't want to actually change the route at all and you know you can do uh, what's well, the uh, component outlet or the CDK has an option there where you could have yeah. a placeholder and load components, but that's you know still that's it's eager, it's there, and you're just kind of swapping things in essence. Whereas with this, what Misko went through was you know how you could load components, uh, data, uh, pretty much whatever you need. Service some some services. Big, yep, yep, some big chunk of
2: JavaScript that you might not need until you need it, and why load it before you need it?
0: Let's take a quick break for a word from our sponsors. Are you building a web application? Need to deliver it soon
2: and don't have the people to do it? Maybe you're not sure your company has the skill set or experience to do it. And maybe we can help. I'm your host, Ward Bell, and my day job is building applications for companies like yours. I don't do it alone. I'm president of IdeaBlade, a consultancy that specializes in enterprise web application development. We're particularly strong in Angular, RxJS, NGRX Redux on the front end, and .NET Microsoft technologies on the server. We're a small, tight-knit group of people handpicked by me for their expertise, experience, integrity, and team spirit. Maybe we can help you with architectural guidance and hands-on development. And if there's something we don't know, and in our field, really, there's too much to know... We can draw on our personal connections in the Microsoft RD, MVP, and Google GDE networks, as well as our international circle of really great developers, people we know and trust personally. If you've got a project that's keeping you up at night, shoot us an email at info@ideablade.com. That's info at ideablade.com. And now back to the show.
0: And we're back. We were just talking about the keynote from ng-conf. Um, we were talking about lazy loading, and we still have yet to talk about Ivy as well. But, Dan, you were uh, finishing your thoughts?
1: No, I was just going to say uh, it's just a big deal to be able through code to load it rather than, you know, there's little hacky tricks you can do to trigger a route, um, which is I never found very useful. And then there's really hacky tricks where you can dive deep into Angular to do what they do with the routing, you know, for the lazy loading. Um, so, this is going to be one of those things that they really wanted. And I think it's also going to tie into um, Angular Elements now because,
0: you know, which is the thing I that you jump. create like web components with. Yeah, exactly.
1: And uh, now you can create it in that. And, you know, Angular Elements could be used anywhere, even in, <clears throat> excuse me, even in like React and stuff. But now I could lazy load that. And um, that's a big request people ask me a lot about. And I'm always like, eh, it's not really there yet, but it's coming.
0: So now it is. So where do you keep hinting at Ivy? Ivy is the what and why do we care?
2: So Ivy is the new renderer. And um, I think the the I I and V, is it's originally the fourth renderer that they looked at and said, ooh, Ivy, Ivy, oh, (laughs) that green stuff.
0: Like the word Ivy, Yeah. Yeah,
2: (laughs) exactly. So, uh, but they've been around the horn on this uh, several times. And this one looks like a winner to me, which is not to diss where they were, by the way, because there's a tendency to say, why did they do this the first time? And part of the answer to that is that there was, um, you know, TypeScript wasn't mature, the tooling, underlying tooling wasn't mature enough to be able to bring it off. So We're also uh, talking
0: like four years later too.
2: Yeah, four yeah. years later. So, so you learn something. Um, but this... Um, uh, this is basically how the, the render is, how they stitch together those templates and classes and services and all that stuff and wire, how Angular wires it all together before it presents it to you in, in your browser. And uh, it's what we sometimes refer to as compilation in Angular. Uh, and it's a big deal. It's the, it's the big trick that makes Angular work. And the one we have each one has uh, that we've had coming before this uh, focused on how to make things smaller and faster and so forth but wow did they uh, uh, did you pay a price? Um, you paid a price in in the fact that it had to compile everything every time you made even the slightest change uh, it made uh, uh, you paid a price in in this this sort of it produced code that you couldn't figure out. What was going on in there? You had these factories that were sort of materialized out of nowhere. These were separate classes that were in. Yeah, if if you looked at
0: that compiled code, yeah. Yeah,
2: if you looked at it. And so um, it was, wow, 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 wow. A lot of mechanism, a lot of machinery under here. And it was very fragile. And if something went wrong, you had no idea where and what. And it also became kind of a boat anchor for them because for them being the Angular team. Because if they wanted to do a new feature, if they wanted to make any change or ex- even explore something, they had to somehow shoehorn it into this existing monster, which was the compiler. And, oh, yes, you had both a, an AOT compiler and a JIT compiler. It's just it, it's just complexity squared for everybody. And Ivy is uh, much simpler. Uh, it's simpler,
0: into- and it's going to create faster JavaScript, smaller bundles and enable a lot of features that don't yet exist but will uh, that's probably the most exciting part i think is the thing the scenarios that this wing will uh will enable uh, some of the stuff we were talking about
2: i really think it's going to open the doors to all kinds of experimentation and um and and new features both from the Angular team but also from the community it will um, if there, if it'll be one of those things where if you see something you don't really like about way angular is doing things, you can maybe try and convince everybody to do it your way. Cause you'll come up with your way and convince everybody to do it. And it would be at least possible. Um, so, uh, and we may talk about what things w- could be in that category, um, a little bit later, uh. I think that the the fact that it emits code, that you can understand it. And you can put a breakpoint in the
1: HTML. I mean, that's cool. I was just going to say the template thing is, to me, what might be the most attractive. Because I, I just fought this a little earlier this week where I'm like, man, if I could just set a breakpoint right here. Yeah, uh, yeah. I could figure out this freaking problem. But, you know, you get the stack dump that goes into Zone JS and blah, 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 blah. And you're just like, there's no way. Dan, so you just have to hunt and peck until you I find it. I have to it.
0: interrupt you, Dan. Do you remember we had that feature in Silverlight, like, nine years ago? I know. (laughs) Right before Flash and Silverlight died, there was a feature announced where you could set breakpoints in your templates. (laughs) It was phenomenal, though. We were so excited. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: Can we have a moment of, uh, of, like, nostalgia for our friend Silverlight? Moment of silence. (laughs) Which I still think was great technology that just, it just ran into a brick wall
0: yeah you know I, one thing I want to switch gears on here too, and, and I wanted to spend you know half our show talking about kind of what was in the keynote and the theme of the conference, but I'd like to spend the, the other half of this on you know things that we learned from people that were there and kind of the the air that was there and and even some of the talks that were both technical and ones that were um, a little more about the culture of our communities uh, and let me start yeah. it off. One of the things I really liked was Dan and I had this two day workshop. Uh, forgive me, Dan, I always forget the name of our workshop. Was Angular Architecture-ish. Angular Architecture-ish. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, Whereas two days, term. basically, of people having to put up with Dan and I talking about Angular. <clears throat> and one of the ideas behind this workshop was not, you know, you already know Angular, but now it's like you're building large apps and you want to go and you want to figure out how do you take it to the next level or how do you solve problems that you run into? Because no matter what you build, you're going to have problems. And this some of the discussions that came out of those I thought were just fascinating. And to me, that was like uh, that kind of theme carried on throughout the conference is just talking with people who are building really big apps and having really big challenges. And they're just talking through like, hey, you know, I've got this app, it's built on Heroku and all this other stuff in the cloud, and I'm using, you know, I've got the one guy told me he had 14 environments to deploy his wow. app to. That like, might be a I recommend. can't even recite them all. <laughs> Fourteen you know. environments. Yeah, wow. like dev and staging and prod, and then you know eleven others. And yeah, so let's hope he only has one build at least. You know, well, that's what our conversation is about. How do you manage the builds? How do you manage feature flags? How do you manage environments and all this and uh, really, you know, big real world problems. And it was just great discussions. That that's the kind of stuff to me that was like new features are awesome, but I gotta solve the problem I have at work today and. I just felt like those kind of conversations were really, really rich at this conference. I agree. The uh,
1: It was really cool how a lot of the kind of patterns, I guess you could say, just how would you do this? And what I love from that is, you know, you and I have some pretty uh, workable ideas, I think. But then someone else would be like, well, hey, have you ever looked at this? And you're like, no, I don't think I ever have looked at that. So, you know, you kind of blend all that together and you come up with the best of breed type approach. Yeah. And a lot of that came out, too, from, uh, you know, like, we talked quite a bit about component communication. You know, do you use state management for that? Do you use RxJS? What do you use? And lots of cool stuff, so.
0: Speaking of themes and RxJS, Ward, you did a little analysis on that topic at the conference.
2: Yeah, you'd be, you might think that this wasn't the Angular conference, but it was the actually the RxJS NGRX conference that were... By my count, fifty-eight talks. Sixteen of them were either entirely or almost entirely about RxJS or NGRX in some form or another. That's a whopping twenty-eight percent for those of you who can do arithmetic.
1: <laughs> That's pretty impressive. Uh, Does that uh, include your work?
2: No, it did not. I <laughs> I, had to, I had to I had to take off my shoes and socks and. Start counting.
0: Come on, your wife did the calculation. Just admit it. <laughs>
2: well,
1: that's true. She's better at that stuff.
0: <laughs> and to be fair, when we I talked to Joe a little bit the other day, Joe Eames is one of the organizers. They said that there was um there was a lot of demand. They always sent out a survey months before this conference to attendees and prospective attendees to find out what they want to hear about. And RxJS and NGRX was at the top of the list. So that probably matches why they had about, you know, what is it, a quarter to a third of the talks yep. uh, on this. But to me it smells I agree. I felt like it was too much on the same topic.
2: It also says that if everybody, there's something wrong in the state of angular land, if... Are you making um, a
0: Shakespearean reference?
2: Yes, there it is. It's <laughs> there's a little something bit, wrong in the state of Denmark. There is something wrong in the state of Denmark. Um, if, if the, it means that people are hung up on, the, usually means that people are hung on this, that they're stuck. And... Um, and they've been stuck for two years. Okay. This is, well, RxJS they've had talks on it every year, but, uh, people are really stuck and this isn't even part this stuff is hardly part of Angular at all. Certainly not NGRX. And yet somehow, uh, it, it, it's, it's so, it's so hard for people to wrap their heads around this stuff that we need 16 talks about it. Um, and that's, um, Something's got to be done about that, or I—I I, I don't know about you guys, but I, I feel that that we're in danger of losing folks. Um, to We—I mean, I'm speaking as if I were like the the person who cares that Angular Triumph or something like that. But the, so let me put it a different way: um, if people were, are going to drift away from Angular to other frameworks if uh, Angular doesn't work on the ergonomics more.
0: Yeah, I agree. Um, and we've, you know, we've talked about RxJS and NgRx, and we'll continue to talk about those topics because they're big topics in technology. And RxJS even beyond um, Angular. We just had Ben Lechon here, who was amazing in his talk on RxJS up on stage. I really that was enjoyed a really his good talk. Actually, definitely that. got to put that into operators. The yeah, sure that operators
2: talk is one of the best talks you'll ever see on RxJS or almost anything.
0: And you know, he it, does good talks all the time, but I thought this was one of his best yep i really really thought ben just really nailed it so definitely check out the talk we'll put him on there and if you haven't listened to him uh he was just in an episode a couple of weeks ago that we aired but you know one of my favorite talks uh i'm gonna be a little bit of a suck up here i actually really like dan walling's talk
1: <laughs> it it was That
2: was amazing one? you like
1: dan's
0: talk <laughs> it was I really
2: did. oh my god you know what so did i actually
1: that guy. Uh, if only that guy
0: knew what he was talking if about. Only it, it that guy
2: good would wear a different talk. colored shirt. Yeah,
0: I know. I just... Okay, inside baseball, folks. Ward Bell hates Star Wars, and Dan Wallin only loves blue, and it's a specific shade of blue, and we call it lovingly Dan Wallin blue, and that's what he wore on stage. In my defense,
1: John can vouch for this because I had two days of the workshop, and then you know I think we had breakfast the next day or whatever, but. I only wore blue one day. That might be a record. Yeah, so, I can't recall
0: anything other than blue. Sorry. I'm, I'm trying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're becoming like that guy who only wears the certain color to conferences.
1: <laughs> you know what? I'm just, that's it. That's it. I've, I'm convinced I'm going all out Ward Bell next time. There you me. go. Look at that's it. That's what I'm going to do. Let Working me tell you healthy. one of the
2: things I think I thought about Dan's talk and a couple of the other talks that I thought that really worked. And why do they work? Why do they work so well? Aside from the fact that, Dan, you really know how to present to people. Thank um, uh, I think that one of the things is that it took a small enough. It was what a twenty minute talk. Yeah, it took a small topic and focused on it, concentrated on it, told you what you were going to do with it, why you were going to do it, and then it got out. It didn't try and do one of these broad, sweeping, you know, change the world kind of things. It just took one piece. Oh man, that was the went, goal of the talk. I didn't change it,
1: Ward. Huh? I didn't change the world, you saying. No,
2: no, no. You can change the world this way. Oh. You can change the world this way. Which, <laughs> by the way, is uh, was also true of the one we
1: were talking about earlier, Ben's talk. He didn't talk about everything in RxJS. He picked out no. one thing. I operators. really liked Ben's talk. You know, to switch real quick to that, I'll tell you what I liked, and it ties more what you said, is, uh, you know, let's say, John, you're writing all these operators, you're piping them in, and most of us just kind of have got used to just stack them up, man, like Lego yeah. blocks. And Ben showed how, hey, if you just do this, and most of it's pretty easy, actually. It's not super rocket science. You can put one operator and then, you know, reuse that in multiple places. Good examples he showed were like HTTP client. And, uh, for instance, if you just want to handle errors, not necessarily with an interceptor, but locally. He showed how you could do an um, operator for that, you know, a custom operator. And it was like, I was just, and to be honest, I haven't really done much with that. I just could have been, I'm a Lego stacker, apparently. And uh, I went, oh, that's actually a cool way to clean up your code, you know?
0: Well, you think about that theme. It's the same theme you had, Dan, in your talk. It's making it easier to deal with some complex topics. You took a complex topic, one complex topic, and you boiled it down. And so did Ben. And another person who did the same thing on a different topic was uh, Deborah Carada with her data composition with RxJS.
2: yep. And another person who did that was Jennifer Waddella with her control value accessor.
1: Uh, that, um, and that's a topic that I was actually really glad to see because that comes up all the time where uh, you need to build custom components that participate in the validation, you know? So that was a great topic because I, th- I don't think I've ever seen anyone cover that much. I've never
2: seen it done that well. So, yeah. Um, and we're uh,
0: trying to get her on the show, actually, aren't
2: we? Yeah, we are. Another one like that, Manfred Steyer on Angular elements. I mean, this is the thing. Pick if for you, if you want to really do a good talk, pick something that you that that maybe not everybody knows as well as they would like to, and give it some focus <clears> and some love instead of these big sweeping. Uh, you know, I mean, I I guess we need the big broad ones. The big yeah, you, broad need, you ones need a too. mixture you need a mix, but this, this format of really picking something like Dan, you did with subjects and just giving it some love uh, and really focusing on how to help the audience understand what that thing is about and how to use it. Uh, that's, that's gold.
1: Well, and uh, like with mine, I'll give John some credit here because John was nice enough to, he came over and uh, gave feedback and I think we, when we were talking to John, if you remember, we kind of said, all right, well, really, what is the problem, right? And then uh, it was a pretty simple problem. It's communication, you know, between components and things. And I think that's what Ben did was his was more, uh, well, some of it, I would argue, was minimizing code complexity. Um, and, uh, you know, another one that I thought was really good uh, that I, it was a, kind of an eye opener for me because I hadn't tried it yet was do you guys see uh, Jeremy's on the uh,
0: CDK? Jeremy,
1: Jeremy Elborn oh, on the CDK. Not, yes, that's I on love my the list. title. By the way,
0: the CDK. It's the coolest thing you're not using.
1: Yeah, yeah. The I drag and drop. Yeah. I uh, years ago we used to sell an org chart product, and uh, it was for actually ASP.NET Web Forms. So this has been a while, but it was heavy JavaScript. And back then, you know, think back to this was like what 1962 or something like that. Um, there was no drag and drop built in at all. And I I wrote it, and my gosh, it was hard. And I saw what he did, and I went, "That's that should be illegal. Like, it's too easy. So really cool stuff, though.
0: Now, that was excellent. Um, one of the things I really like, too, is, again, getting back to hallway track. We'll, we'll mention some more talks, too, is I had some great chats with some people there. One of them was a completely off-the-cuff idea that a few of us had, because we get a lot of questions every year at NG Conf. And I keep hearing Joe and Aaron Frost, two of the organizers, say, They get 500-plus submissions for this conference, and they pick, what, 50 or 60. So they got a lot of people they have to turn down to kind of go through this, and they actually do like office hours where they help speakers kind of pick their topics and figure out what they want to do. Uh, They give speaker training, which I love to all the speakers, but we decided to have something uh, on the fly there. We organized a one-hour session for, hey, if you want to learn how to speak or you want to speak at a conference, you just want to ask some questions to some of the speakers over here. Uh, Kim Maeda, Nicole Oliver, and myself uh, held a panel, and we had about 50 or 60 people in there just shooting off questions on, like, what kind of things do you want to know? Like, and people came up with ideas like, what do you do when you put a CFP in, a call for papers? Um, how do you actually write those? Do you submit more than one to a conference? Uh, what are the people looking for? How do you know how long it should be? You know, What's the mix of slides, demos, et cetera? Should I choose one topic and break it down, as, as Ward was suggesting? Uh, and that Dan actually did there, or should I pick a more broad topic with a lot of things? Uh, all these questions came up, and I, I just thought the conversation from that was was really good. And I was excited to see how many people were interested in sharing their experiences uh, that came to this panel. So that was a big win for me. It was not on a video, but it was a— Oh, you know,
2: I was going to ask if it
1: was recorded. I was no, going to ask
0: that, too, because so I'd like to see that one, John. I, it I was see. so much fun. And we talked about that. The <laughs> organizers thinking we would do that next year again, but actually record it.
1: Um, you know, did you guys see, and I'll have to admit, she was right after my talk. And unfortunately, I don't remember her name. She's from Columbia. Uh, Melina. Super cool. Yeah. Did you see her talk about her story? Yes, I did. Uh, how tech to communities can
0: change your life. Yeah, that's it. That's it.
1: Uh, yeah. Is it, how do you say her name? Melina?
0: I think it's Melina. My,
1: my, or or Melina. Mejia? We'll put it in the Mejia? show notes. <laughs> we're going to put your name. No, no, I'm looking at Dan you, say uh, it. Yeah? <laughs> yeah. This is where uh, my wife, who is uh, her mom's from Venezuela, she'd be like, oh, my gosh. I'm so embarrassed. Yeah, I know, dude. I'm like, seriously, your wife's from Venezuela, family. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, I got to talk with her before. Uh, she was uh, a little bit after me. I don't remember if it was right after, but she was backstage when I was getting ready for mine. Super cool. And I didn't realize, she just said, oh, yeah, I'm talking on this. And, you know, you don't really kind of get the impact. But I watched it because um, it's only like five minutes, five and a half minutes. Yeah, it's a five-minute talk, yeah. And it was her story how she, and this ties into, John, your, you know, speaking thing. And And really, I think it comes to, you know, are, are you willing to put yourself out there and take a risk to go in front of people? And she did. And uh, anyway, it's totally worth watching if you're somebody who is not sure if you want to get into it or if you have that kind of fear factor, because let's face it, we all do. Um, but she kind of overcame it. And I was sitting there going, dang, that's just an awesome story. I mean, she's you know, way down in South America, never talked in front of a group, started talking locally. And next thing you know, it, which I don't remember if it was like two, three years later or something like that, she's talking to NG Conf. That's crazy. So that's
0: awesome. Let's take a quick break from order for our sponsors. Ward here, inviting you,
2: no, encouraging you, to attend the Dev Intersection Conference in Orlando in June 2019. Dev Intersection is one of my favorite conferences and is perfect for those of you whose JavaScript life intersects the Microsoft ecosystem. John Papa, Dan Wallin, and I will be there speaking and giving workshops, and so will many of my heroes. Look at that list of terrific speakers on the website and be impressed. These folks are as eager to meet you as you are to meet them. The opportunity to talk directly to speakers and share experiences with other attendees is why you should go. It's why I always go and come home with fresh ideas about topics I knew well and insights into technologies I've been promising myself for weeks that I'd get into someday. This conference kicks doors in. Learn about it at devintersection.com, mark your calendar for June 10th through the 13th, 2019, and get a discount when you sign up with the code PAPA, P-A-P-A.
0: See you there. And we're back. And we were just talking about some of the talks and the hallway tracks that we had in there. Um, Word, what did you think of some of these talks?
2: Well, you know, it's always a mix. Um, but there were, there were some highlights. I think we've talked about several of them. And um, uh, I i actually, uh, in my enthusiasm about a talk, I kind of stepped on Deborah Karata's talk, which I, I watched live. And um, I i really think she did a great job of showing how to use a technology in a real application. In this case, it was how to use RxJS to combine streams inside view model, to create view models inside components. And she walked that st- Again, it was one of those things that's focused. A focused um, talk is very compelling.
0: I I agree. And she's another one that we, uh, she's friends of ours, all of ours. We've asked her to come on the show as well. So hopefully we can get her to talk about that topic or something else too. One of the other uh, friends of our show, um, Katerina Skrumpelow, who was on our show a couple of months ago talking about Firebase, she came to talk at NGConf this year and she had two different talks. Um, And first, I want to say that I've seen Katarina, I met her a year and a half ago, giving talks on Google Maps and Firebase, and she's just super sharp and delivers these so well. And she gave a technical talk with um, Sana Youssef on Reactive Forms Demystified, but the one that really stood out to me, and I was looking forward to, was her other talk. And I believe you guys both watched this one too, did you not? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, She did a great job. Yeah. Yeah. At one level, it was horrifying, to be honest. It's just a compliment after all, is the name of her talk.
1: Yeah. You know, I'll I'll boil it down to, uh, how about we just all treat everyone with respect? That's how I would sum up. You know, it doesn't matter what gender you are, what race you are, how about we just treat with respect? And I think you have those people in the tech industry that you've both worked with who are just phenomenally, you know, empathetic and you know, listen to what others want to say. And then you have those who just want to stomp and kind of say their ideas. That is a problem too, I think, in our industry sometimes. Um, so I'll let, you know, you guys can chime in on, on her uh, comments, but it's, it's uh, something
0: that I think we all need to take a look at and be better at. So I'll let you guys chime in from there. Yeah, if there's any one talk you should watch from this conference, in my opinion, it is Katerina's talk. Uh, It's just a compliment after all. And I think everybody should watch this, whether you feel that you have done something that may have made somebody feel uh, poorly or not, Uh, because sometimes we have unconscious bias and we just don't know what we're doing. Uh, And then there's people who clearly know what they're doing and they're doing it wrongly. Um, But she goes through some great examples of what she's gone through and things that have been said um, either online or in person to her. And it's just horrifying. It really is. You know,
2: if you're making a personal comment about something about somebody, you're missing it entirely. None of us want that. We want to, when we, when we present, we're looking for feedback on what we say and what we're thinking and on our ideas. And we're ready to take the slings and arrows that you may come, come our way from that stuff. But what we're not looking for is anybody to talk about the way we look, the way that we dress, what we you know, um, none of that stuff. And um, more than I mean, this a lot of that goes on, apparently. Uh,
0: and it's got to stop. I agree. It really, it really does. And I mean, think about it this way. Just take everything, take the personification out of this and think about if you've created some kind of library, an open source library, maybe, and somebody is telling you they don't like the library because it doesn't do X, Y, or Z. That's fine. That's your perspective, and you can give feedback on that. But when then you then say, I don't like what you did because you did that, and I don't like you, really taking the person and putting them on there, that really just, um, it's crossing a line, in my opinion. And yeah. what does it matter who wrote it? If you don't like the thing, talk about the thing. Don't talk about the people, you know?
2: Or, and if you're saying that you do like it because you like the way they look, you're just, wow, that's just, that's a double whammy.
0: And for some of you who think that doesn't happen, I can attest and watch her talk. It's happened to her. I've seen it happen. Um, And one of the things, this is just my personal opinion on this. When things like that happen, I try to go talk to people on the side. I've pulled people aside before and said, hey, you know, did you realize that you just said this? And did you understand how that comes across? And I think we need to do more of that with people that are out there uh, when, when we see this stuff. And I know it can be difficult to do, and it sometimes it's confrontation. And I'm not saying you want to shame anybody because no, I don't think we should do that to anyone. But I was we just gonna definitely say I, call it out. I like John how you said you pull them aside, make it you know
1: nicely uh, call it out. Versus you didn't say you know I'm going to go on Twitter and I'm going to publicly <sighs> shame. Yeah. And yeah, it's yeah. like really. You just made the problem even
0: worse. <laughs> yeah, I just think, you know, we, we all have to deal with it in our own ways and try to help make this a better place. Because if we really want to have the great community that we talk about all the time, in all communities, I think it's uh, it's good for us to have these conversations in the open. And I applaud NGCon for having sessions like this, um, you know, Code of Conduct, sessions like this. They actually had a hotline if you felt in any way, anybody, um, inappropriately uh bothered, I'll say. So it's just a good thing that these things are being more recognized out there.
1: And just to clarify, to wrap up here, we're we're not talking about just being politically correct here. We're talking about much more than that. So.
2: Yeah. And and I think the only other thing I would add is that this is a guy's responsibility too, right? If we, you know, we can't just, you know, time after time have put women in the position of having to defend <clears throat> um, yeah, uh, reprehensible remarks aimed at women. It's guy. It's our. It's our guys' job too, to do that too.
0: My parting thought on this is, if somebody says it happened, believe them. I'm tired of hearing people say, "Well, that didn't really happen." So we got kind of serious for a minute, and that was uh, a deep one. Yeah, but important, important topic though. I think we should all pay attention to, and definitely check out that talk. But folks, parting thoughts on NGConf. What was your favorite part? If you could poke out one thing that everybody should learn about where Angular is heading or about NgConf, Ward? Wow.
2: Um, I mean te- <laughs> Thanks. Uh, you mean technically? Uh, I got my eyes on what's, believe it or not, what Ivy is going to make possible. Uh, because I think that we're going to be, that's going to make possible some, some improvements to the ergonomics of Angular. Uh, improvements in the uh, ergonomics of NGRX and some of these things that have really um, m- uh, made folks uncomfortable with development in Angular, I think they can now be addressed. And I'm looking forward to seeing what happens. That won't happen this year but it, or, or necessarily or maybe towards the end of the year, but now there's a way to do something about it.
0: And it definitely, uh, in case we didn't say it, uh, Ivy is available now with version 8 with a flag. I actually ran it here while we were talking, uh, and I put a link in the docs on how you can run it as well. So you can enable it with a flag and see how small the apps are right now just by using it. And it's going to be available in version 8, uh, opt-in. With version 9 is what they're targeting. It will be just the mainstream. Oh, should We, we should probably <clears throat> remind everybody that this
2: is entirely backward compatible. You don't have to change the stuff that you've written.
0: Uh, That's such a huge,
1: important work. point. Thank you, Wade, Right. Yes.
0: Yeah. Now you'll get better. Things will get better if you change things, but you don't have to. Isn't that awesome. If You think about it. I mean, wait, you're going to get everything better. And all you have to do is use this thing and you have to change in your code. It's I awesome. really like that.
1: It is. Cause it, well, I just like the fact they're going to make it opt in as well, because it's just, you know, there's always those little things that are impossible to catch until you've been in that scenario. And this way you can Kind of have your cake and eat it too. I guess you could say. Yeah,
2: and they do. They do warn you about this. Um, uh, at a current state, they say that they've run this all over uh, all of Angular's uh, all of Google stuff. They use a lot of Angular at Google, and ni- they say ninety-seven percent of their tests are passing. No, I mean that means three percent are are not working, and uh, as we all know, that last three to five percent is the hard stuff. So that's really what they're going to drive out um, with our help, um, through the balance of the year. And so by time version nine lands, uh, it should be sub 1%. And, uh, and that would mean that we could all use it comfortably. So, so, uh, uh, yeah, uh, but backward compatibility is, um, really central to this. And so if you're an
1: enterprise, you got something to look forward to.
0: Dan, what was the big thing your takeaway would be?
1: no mine would probably be i really like you said earlier john i i think the most fun i had all week was in our uh the communication in the workshop we had with people cuz yeah. boy we did have a lot of people talk to us it was great so we had almost 200 people in there but during breaks and stuff it was just nonstop. and it was it was actually really fun because i think just hearing about what people are dealing with or maybe they solved it how they're now moving on to this other thing and um, you know, sharing of ideas is like such a big thing. You can imagine if we were all siloed in the, in like it used to be in the days before the internet, you know. Um, which might be good. I wouldn't look at my phone so much. But uh it was just harder to, you know, share ideas and things. And now it's like, wow, you go to one of these conferences like an ngconf, I think especially. It's just a really cool community. Um everybody's very excited. And then, you know, it was a lot of great talks. We didn't mention yours, John, but John, I just want to mention, did a great talk. He focused on just three key things. Um, I'm trying to remember the middle one now. Sorry, subscriptions I know is one of them. NGRX uh, Data
2: was the middle one. NGRX
1: Data, thank you. Yes, yes. Yes. Yes.
2: Yes. I Uh, I happened to notice
1: that. (laughs) i was sitting here going, shoot, I know there was one in the middle. And then cloud.
0: Yeah, cloud. Um, What can you tell us about cloud, John, on our waiting moments here? Well, the the thing with the the end there, the third tip on the cloud was that I really like how uh, you could do this with any cloud, but I did it with Azure, where you can take an Angular app and you can basically host it in the cloud without needing a server at all, uh, using both storage for static sites and serverless API, serverless functions. So to me, that was the cool part about that was saying, you know, we can get this stuff up there quick. It's more secure. There's no servers. It's wicked cheap. Um, I think we'd be doing more of this stuff out there. And it's... uh, it's actually a pattern they call the jam stack. I don't think we need yet another name, quite frankly, for things. But it's just really cool. I had a lot of fun building that. Yeah, you did a good job. It was great. Everybody should go watch that talk. Cool. And my takeaway was, honestly, this is the conference I look forward to every year. More so because I really love the conversation in the hallway. I spent three days during the talk when I wasn't speaking sitting outside the hallway outside the main room it's all in one room 1500 people in one big room and then there's you know there's an area right outside of it and a lot of people come out there for breaks and drinks and you know uh, chatting and i had conversations for probably seven hours a day three days in a row in that hallway uh, and talked to you know well over 100 people and it was just amazing i really love the physical layout of that conference that they allow that to happen and then obviously the schedule um, but most of all, the people who come there—it's like they put on their thinking caps and engage, and I love that. So to me, that's that's the big takeaway. If you go to a conference, any conference, definitely take advantage of the the mind share that you have when you go to those.
2: Gotta say that's uh, you know hundred plus hundred plus points up on that. That's absolutely what it's about. You know, we mentioned a lot of talks in this one, and that means we we but we only probably mentioned fifteen out of fifty eight. So there's a lot more. Did you count them? I did actually. <laughs> if, if you, if we didn't mention a talk that, you know, that just means we didn't get to it. Uh, please, uh, go to the, the video's website. I highly recommend putting it at one point. I don't know about you guys, but I put that thing up at 1.75 speed, you know, yep. and, and I let her rip so that I can, uh, get through
0: them. But, uh, There's gems out there, so go look. Yeah, there are plenty of other really good ones out there that we did not mention. We put tons of them inside the show notes. Um, We try to give you a smattering of them. Smattering is even a word. But (laughs) uh, definitely check them out. And there's some longer ones uh, from some of the workshops, like um, Aspen Payton's got a good one. It's an hour and 45 minutes on Angular and NGRX. Uh, I'm only halfway through it, but I'm really liking it so far. And then there's some short ones that are five minutes. There's a good CSS Grid one, too, Bill uh, Odom did. Below them, really yeah. good. Yeah. Now, these are great. And I thank you both for coming on and just having this quick roundtable talking about what's going on at ng-conf. And we could do this for other conferences in the future that we go to. and
1: We really should. I think, you know, uh, we, we need a, a name for this, John. We ought to just have people submit uh, ideas for our little roundtable name.
0: Yeah. So if you have an idea for what we should do when we do these episodes, it's just Ward and Dan and myself and just sitting around talking. Um, just don't call it The View, please. we can come up with a name maybe for these episodes and we'll do more of them if you like them. Let us know your feedback up on the comments of the show or on Twitter. And thank you all for coming to real talk JavaScript. We'll see you every Tuesday morning. Thanks for listening to real talk JavaScript. This show and all of our shows are available at www.realtalkjs.com with links and notes. John and Ward would love to hear what you think, especially about potential guests and topics for future shows. Follow and send them a message on Twitter at RealTalkJS.